0: Hey everybody. Happy 4th of July. Jacob here. Uh, as I was editing this episode, I realized that I made a mistake. I forgot to switch my audio input to my microphone. So my audio is not nearly as good as I typically would like. Uh, Jimmy's sound's just fine. Uh, it's still a great episode and you can hear everything. It's just not the typical audio quality I strive for. So wanted to give a quick disclaimer and give everyone a heads up. So thank you and still enjoy the episode. back, everybody. This is the Real Conversations podcast. Uh, my name is Jacob O'Connor, and I'm joined today with Mr. Jimmy Rex.
1: How are you doing, Jimmy? Life's good, man. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, we were just talking about, um, I think a good place to start is the July 4th celebration that you do every year. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but I'd love to kind of hear you describe that.
1: Yeah, no, when I was a little kid, you know, my favorite day of my youth and my favorite holiday was always July 4th. I'm a big America guy. I fly the flag above my bed as a kid, the whole thing. But I, uh, I remember my dad one year kind of went all out on fireworks. It was just the funnest day. I just remember how much fun that was. And so I said, as a child, basically everything I do as an, as an adult is to make the 10 and 12 year old me a happy camper, you know. But um, so I said, when I'm older, I'm going to throw the biggest fireworks show ever. And so about 15 years ago, I, uh, I decided to throw this giant fireworks show. And it was just my family and I dropped I was, you know, there's in Utah to buy the big fireworks, you got to go 90 minutes away to another state to Wyoming and buy them. And they were illegal in Utah at the time. And I remember they had this board of whoever had spent the most on fireworks that year. And that year I was number one. And I did this giant fireworks show and all my family's like, "Uh, dude, what the hell is that? Uh, We probably should invite more people next time. So each year, you know, it would like double in size. And for the last probably six or seven years, we've had at least 4,000 people every year. And I think it's got to be, if not the one of the largest private firework shows in the country. And they made me start, you know, having to hire companies to do it. the same company that does the biggest one in town, the Stadium of Fire, does my show. And it's just me and my real estate team, man. We just, my way of giving back to the community, it's free for everybody. And, you know, we get a 15 bounce houses and a bunch of food trucks. And just have a really good time.
0: Yeah. And there's a point I want to draw from that, but first for anyone who hasn't heard, I'm hoping you've heard him from the venture mentality podcast, but Jimmy Rex is a real estate, uh, I'm guru. What would you refer to yourself as you, you know, the real estate space, like better than anyone, right?
1: I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick funny story. And that's just how I refer to myself. So a couple of years ago, I was doing a Lake Powell, a, a trip, a houseboat trip with a bunch of friends and my boat started sinking. And so my friends all recorded it. And, Anyway, I basically sunk this houseboat. We ended up saving it, but it was pretty wild and created some pretty good footage. And I got all the footage together and we made a funny Facebook video and ended up going viral, ended up having over 150 million views. It's me sinking the boat and I put the Titanic music to it. And when that went viral, I had all these news stations hit me up and they all wanted to interview me about the boat. And I was like, no, I hate the news. So I'm like, no, screw you guys. You're gonna make me look bad. (laughs) And they're like, no, I promise we won't. And so I told them, so this is where it's coming full circle here. I said, fine, I'll do the interview under one condition. You have to refer to me in your article every single time or in your video, every single time you talk about me as real estate expert, Jimmy Rex. And so dude, if you Google Jimmy Rex houseboat, all the articles pull up every single article is like real estate expert sinks houseboat real estate expert jimmy rex sinks houseboat. it's so funny dude like from the daily mail the i mean literally hundreds of news outlets pick this thing up and every single one of them branding me as a real estate expert jimmy rex so i guess that's how i refer to myself
0: that's an incredible marketing move right there
1: bro it's it's i'm not gonna call myself you know a genius that word would be generous but it's pretty damn good
0: yeah that is a solid move and um The point I wanted to draw back to is the July 4th. You talked about like being a big patriot and and fan of patriotism. I think right now, like more than ever, we need like that belief in America. And I love that you put on this huge event and buy all the people out and the camaraderie. And that's really what we were built on.
1: Well, dude, I I put a TikTok up yesterday. I was just relaying a story that happened to me about seven or eight years ago. I was on a date. I was dating this girl named Olivia. She was from Great Britain. And we happened to be dating on July 4th. We went boating and she just kept making these little comments, you know, and then we were all day long, she's bugging me. I'm like, just totally talking about how America this and that. And I, finally we're at this thing called Stadium of Fire. It's like 50,000 people, it's a big firework show. And she, Brad Paisley was playing them. You know, I remember the concert and everything. And she's just bitching, you know, and talking about America. And I finally, I go, you know what? Maybe you should be a little bit more respectful because if it wasn't for America, your ass would be speaking German, okay? And I said it playfully. She was laughing. I was laughing. But it was just like, you know, I've just always had this thing. And it's funny because it's very popular right now to be like, oh, America sucks or America is not the best country. Even that TikTok I put up, it's at like half a million views now. And it's got way more comments of people telling me that America sucks than how amazing America is. And, dude, I've been to 91 countries. I've been around the world. I know what's out there. And America is not perfect. But wow like look at the progress look how much they try to get it right look at how many things and by the way there's the people in power and there's a lot of corruption there's a lot of things that aren't correct but when you look at the ideal of america what it is what it stands for there's a reason when hong kong was fighting for their freedom they you know they they all hold up the american flag because it stands for something and having been all over the country or excuse me all over the world i know how revered america still is and it's not the media story that they'll tell you but Everywhere Americans are still looked upon with a little bit of um, a lot of curiosity, a lot of but we stand for freedom. We have free lives. We really do. The fact that those people can go on TikTok and say how bad America sucks in and of itself is pretty cool. And um, granted, you know, a lot of the tech companies are trying to take away this freedoms that we have with that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, America is the greatest social experiment ever done. Uh, <laughs> it's by far and away the greatest civilization and country that's ever lived lived and existed and again it has a lot of problems i'm not an idiot i'm not naive but it sure is a place where anybody that truly wants to can control their own destiny and i'll take that at least that's an empowering thought and all the people that you know say it's not this or it's not that it's like you're giving up your power to actually infect change you're giving up your own power to make it great like every person in america has the opportunity at least to make something great if they decide they want to do that
0: Well, and what good does pessimism do, right? Because even if there's the problems, you might as well look at what can be accomplished with what we have right now. And I think you run in a really good circle of Andy Frisella, Dan Fleischman, Aaron Wagner, Sean Whalen, who all kind of have that same belief and are trying to actually create change and show that, hey, go go make your own lane. You can still build it like it's still America. And it's incredible to see that you've done that. And that brings me to my next question, which is how do you get into that type of circle with those people?
1: Well, and it's pretty simple. So A, people always talk about, I want to get into that circle. We'll create it, right? Like that's the first thing. Like me, Aaron, Sean here in Utah, a bunch of other guys, you know, we created that. We did that together. We created this really cool atmosphere. And what that does is it attracts in other people like a Dan Fleischman or like Andy Priscilla. They meet these guys from Utah and they're like, shit, I kind of like these cats, you know? And so everybody wants to come hang out and everybody wants to be a part of that. But too many people are looking like, where do I find this circle? I was like, no, go create it. Like, go be the circle. And so I've always said, if you want to be around, quote, unquote, those people, whoever those people are in your life, then you have to become the kind of person those people want to be around. Like, I can get about anybody in any room that I want to. If I wanted to introduce you to whoever, I can get you in the room. But if you're not creating value for everybody in that room, it's not going to take long until you're not going to be invited back. Like, it's, you know, you just, so ultimately, you don't, find those rooms you become the type of person that then those people want to come around you create value everywhere you go and it's probably the number one thing i get asked to speak on is networking i i really do have the greatest group of people around me um but the reason for that is because if you're surrounded by a bunch of takers that means you're probably a taker but if you're surrounded by a bunch of givers you're probably a giver you kind of attract like uh, energies and you know and so i just always say to people like find a way to give so much value that it's almost ridiculous for somebody not to want to do something back for you. Like people like to be around people that make their life better. People like to be around people that make them feel good. So figure out ways to make somebody else's life better, not expecting to get anything back. And that's the part that's so hard for people. It's human nature to want to get something in return or want to get something back. So we have this expectation, but you give a different energy when you're doing something expecting to get something back. And so truly do it, expecting nothing in return, and doors will just blow open for you. You'll end up finding yourself in rooms you have no business being in, and that's how you get surrounded by those types of people.
0: And I think the best example of that is business. I mean, you can't if if you're not providing value in your business, people aren't going to be your customers. If you don't have customers, you're not going to
1: exist. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be this world greatest marketer with your product. If you have a good product, it's going to sell, right? Like if you're good at your job. Like my real or excuse me, my um, men's coaching group, we the they. I launched that um, back in November and I limited the first group to 50 people. Well, when I relaunched it, I didn't spend a single dollar on marketing. I sold the program out because I have 50 guys that have gotten so much value from that that they're going around and they're telling everybody else. And so I don't have to sell this thing. It sells itself because the thing works. And that's, I think too many people try to find this, you know, this whatever marketing trick they're gonna use to get people to use their thing. At the end of the day, if you have a great product, if you have a great service, you know, it, you won't have to sell it. It'll just, people will just want to have it.
0: Well, and it takes a lot of work to get to that point too, because I know it took you a good 15, 16 years to, or maybe even longer than that to build up to where you have now. And what are you over almost 2,500 homes that you've sold in the last 15 years?
1: Oh uh, yeah. I mean, between me and my real estate team, we're probably about 7,000 now, but personally, I'm probably coming up on, you know, 2,500 to 2,800, somewhere in that ballpark. That's incredible. So what
0: was it like when you first started off and you like, they always talking about going from zero to one. Why did you pick real estate? And then once you got set on it, how did you go and get that first house? Cause I'm sure that must've been one of the hardest was get the first.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I, you know, I started studying different people. I read rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki. And I just, I got into real estate because I said, I just want to know for my own investing. That's really how I got my start is I just wanted it for my own information to learn how to invest in my own properties I got into it Um, and I remember you know once I started I was like well I got my license I might as well try to sell a few houses and I just started hustling man I just started going out there and I didn't know what the hell I was doing but I was just trying to learn and have fun and I remember when the first guy was like okay yeah you can sell my house and I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I had papers scattered all over the place and God bless the guys out (laughs) in the middle of Magna here in Utah it's like no man's land but we got it sold. I remember it was like 255,000 was my first one. And I was off to the races and, you know, and then the thing that I did though, that is I I went out and I hired, like once I decided I was going to take this serious, I hired the very best coach that was out there. And I'll be honest, man, I did not have the money to do it. It hurt. It was a thousand bucks a month and I was 24 years old and I had no money in my bank account. I mean, I literally had to put the first one on a credit card, hoping I'd be able to pay it off with some sales And, you know, I ended up selling my first year. I sold 60 houses with no assistant. I just just took off, but I got the right coaching. And then I just decided, I was like, if I'm going to do this, I might as well be the best at it. And so I just dedicated everything to making sure I was the best one. Is that how you met Sean Whalen? Because I think he came from
0: similar humble beginnings in the real estate space.
1: Uh, I mean, in Utah, it's a small community. You know, I, I remember the first time I really talked to Sean, I was throwing a charity event and Sean showed up. Um, it was an auction. We were giving the money for Sub for Santa and he was flipping his houses out in Michigan and Ohio and stuff. And for this auction, he just came up to me and he said, Hey, I, my name's Sean or whatever. And I'd love to donate a house that we can auction off. And I think we ended up, it's a long story, but we ended up auctioning off a house. And that was when me and Sean first met, but you know, it's, I think it went for like five or six grand or something, but um, that's kind of how we first started, how we first met, but Um, it's a small community. So the guys that are, you know, legit, the guys that are actually, you know, keep their word and do the things that they say they're going to do tend to gravitate to each other. We we really have this group. Now there's got to be 30 of us here in Utah that are all just, it's cool, man. It's inspiring because these guys are all kicking ass in their own way and doing amazing things. And everybody's just here to help each other. And we have this text thread and all day long, we're just, sharing wins and successes and talking about events that are coming up and you know how we can help the community. And it's just really cool to be a part of it.
0: That's awesome. And I always enjoy the fact they all had to start with their first house. Like they they didn't just get to start on some level that was way above everyone else. They had to do the same work and kind of earn their way.
1: Yeah. I mean there's that's a there's this great myth, right, that younger people have that there's like a success fairy that'll just come and touches certain people. And those are the ones that have success. It's like no, it's like in my twenties, dude, all I did was grind, grind, grind. Nobody, there's not a, in fact, anyone listening to this, if you can find a picture of me in a bar or a club in my twenties, I will give you a thousand dollars cash. They don't exist. Like I was just hustling, dude. And I was throwing events. I was throwing parties, but I was not out wasting my time. I was not out, you know, just living up in my twenties, man. I was building, I was building something special. And, you know, people always ask me, like, who do you look up to? I'm like, I don't know if it's that I look up to, but I sure as hell am grateful for Jimmy in his 20s because it made my 30s pretty damn fun. (laughs) Uh, You know, because here's the thing is that if you have success in your 20s, you play from an advantageous position the rest of your life. Like everybody wants to open doors for you. People want to know who you are. Like who's this young hustler? This guy's got so much energy. He's kicking ass at life at 22, 25, 28 years old. If you don't start making money till your 30s, it's like, it's still great. But people are like, yeah, I mean, you're in your 30s. This makes sense. If you're in your 40s, it's like, oh, it's about damn time you make some money. But if you hustle it in your 20s and you have success and you're you know, one of the top in your industry and you're making a bunch of money, just doors blow open for you. The world, like the universe just conspires in your favor and uh, you find yourself getting these opportunities that you, know, you never would have gotten otherwise if you hadn't done it in your 20s.
0: I, I completely agree with that. And I've seen even just small scales of that from the podcast and the different businesses that I've um, been doing. It's like the people that are at the top of the ladder and they always talk about, you know, helping other people get up the ladder. They almost look for the person who's got like signs of it in their younger years, rather than, you know, the thirties or forties, because they, the impact that that 20 year old can have is so much more arguably because they've got more time than the person who's already 30 or 40.
1: Yeah, no, it's very true. And you can, you know, you can tell somebody that really wants it versus somebody that just says they that. I mean, one of the things that it's probably gotten me more networked and more Connections and anything else I've ever done is people just know if I say I'm going to do something, I get it done. Like every opportunity I've had is like people just, and people that are successful, they don't have time to micromanage. They don't want to follow up with you 10 times. Like if you say you're going to do something and you do it, you become invaluable to a successful person. You become so important to people of value because they need somebody like that in their lives they can count on for whatever it is. And so they'll open doors for you and let you be around just so that they can help, you know, just benefit from that.
0: Absolutely. Uh, going back to kind of the real estate, I always hear two different, two different theories here. The first one is that time the market, you know, if, it, if it's hot, get in. If it's not hot, don't get in. And then other people would say, don't time the market, just go. What perspective do you take on
1: that? Well, neither of those two. It's always a good time to buy real estate if you buy it the right way. I mean, you got to know what you're doing. You know, if you're buying a cash flow property, they have great cash flow. It doesn't matter if your interest rate is 3% or 30%. If it has a great cash flow, then it makes sense, right? Like amongst other things. And so it's always a good time to buy real estate if you buy it the right way, or it's always a bad time to buy real estate if you don't buy it the right way. And so in every market, there's opportunities. In every market, you're going to be able to have, you know, people get super wealthy in real estate. You just have to know what you're doing and make sure that you're buying the properties the right way.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And for someone who is getting started in the real estate market, might be going towards their first house, similar to you where they don't have a lot of money, they haven't spent a lot of time in the space. What advice would you get to them to try and, hedge their bets a little bit and make a good call for that first purchase.
1: Yeah. People always say to me, they're like, I have a hundred thousand dollars. What should I invest in? Well, yourself, dude, you're not making enough money yet to invest in anything else. We're going to buy a house. It might go up 10%. You might make $250 a month on a cash flow. Like it's not going to change your life. Like get the education, dude. get the mentor, join the mastermind, join the conference, go to the seminar, like invest that money into yourself. Because if you're not making at least $250,000 a year, you're just not making enough money to truly invest in in today's world to make any kind of difference in your life. And so become the asset. That's what I say. Like if I lost everything tomorrow, I have no fear. And that's why I can invest aggressively because I've become the asset. I know how to make all this money in real estate and other ways. So if I lose everything, who cares? I'll get it right back. And so I just tell people, you know, if you have a hundred thousand I mean, dollars, yeah, you can go buy an investment property, but at least spend half of it on yourself, man. Your first fifty. I've probably spent. Well, I know I've spent at least seven hundred thousand dollars on myself on my own education. It's probably more than that between coaches and mentors and everything else I've done. And that's the best money I've ever spent. Uh, you know, most people. Let's say you know if you have a business um, and it, it's making you a million dollars revenue a year. Well, if you can get it to 2 million, look at that return. There's nothing that you're going to invest in that isn't, you know, super risky. That's going to bring you that kind of a return, like double your business, learn get better at learning your own thing so that you can double that money. In. And that's really how you make the best return that you can. It's almost always going to be in the thing that you already know. And now
0: that you're at the point where you, like you said, you're confident that you could start over again tomorrow. Uh, I don't get the vibe that you let off the brakes, but I also do get the vibe that you have a bucket list and you live an exciting life. How do you integrate those two things to where you're still getting business done, but you're also able to do crazy things that make this life memorable and worth it?
1: Yeah, man. So for me, it was like last week I was in Europe, right? I just went on a trip, went over there by myself, went to six different countries. I, went, I always wanted to go to Auschwitz, the you know, the concentration camp and uh, Prague and Vienna, some of these amazing places, Warsaw. And uh, people are like, how do you just take it? a week off. Like, how do you have time to go do that? And it's like, well, I've made that a priority, right? Like when I travel, I get inspired. I come back wanting to be more wanting to do more. Um, my, my batteries are regenerated, you know? And, and so for me, you have to figure out a way to make your life work for you. Like people say, well, where do you find the time to travel? Well, you don't, you just make the time. Like you find time for what's important. How do you have time for whatever it is in your life, right? Like going to the gym should be one of the first things you write on your calendar every single week when you're going to go, because if that's a priority, if you want to be healthy, then you put that first and then you figure out the rest afterwards. And so for me, you know, I always said I didn't get into real estate to work 80 hours a week. Like I did that for a time I did that grind. And by the way, having balance in life is kind of a myth. Like Tony Robbins talks about this really well. He says you should be strategically unbalanced in your life. So there's a time to grind for work. If you don't have money in your bank, if you don't have three months savings, if you don't have, if you're stressing bills that are coming in, It's time to grind work. That's when you work 80, 90 hour weeks. Well, then you get ahead. You can take the foot off the gas. You can start to repair some of the relationships with your family you've been neglecting for the last three months. You can start getting back into the gym and get rid of the gut that you had to put on because you never left your damn desk. But it's being strategically unbalanced and figuring out those things in life. And then little by little, you get better at each aspect. And it's really good to be self-aware. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this all the time. Like the most important thing you can be is self-aware. Like, where are you falling short? I always tell my guys that I coach, I said, Picture the best version of yourself, your highest and best self. Like if you were a 10 across the board in every part of your own life, what would that person look like? Who is that version of Jimmy? Now ask that version based on who you want to be and who you are today, where am I falling short? And then all you do is, okay, you say, all right, if I want to be this version of me, what would that person be doing today? What time would they be waking up? How would they be making their calls? What kind of emotions would they be experiencing? What kind of friendships would they have? And then you start doing that. And that's how you close the gap between whoever you are, wherever you are and who you want to be or where you want to be.
0: I agree with that. And I can hear the people right now saying, yeah, that's easy when you feel like it, but whenever you don't feel like it, that's, I feel like whenever the real money
1: is made because I, yeah, I mean, it's, you know what, being, being amazing, being excellent, isn't for everybody. If you can't get your ass off the couch when you don't feel your best, it's, excellence probably isn't for you. So be mediocre, have a mediocre life, have a half-assed life. If you don't, if you want to have an amazing life, it requires sacrifice. It requires getting your ass up. You don't go when you feel like it. You go when it. you go till the damn thing's done. Like not everybody should be excellent. Not everybody should have an amazing life. Like if you can't get yourself off the couch, if you can't put away the freaking donut to pass it up and get a salad once in a while, you don't deserve to have a good body. Like if you can't get your ass out of the house and work an extra 30 hours when you have no money in your account. Like people are negative, they're in debt and they're like, and they're not working. I'm like, what the hell are you doing all day? Like real estate agents, they have no deals going, they have no listings and they're not working. I'm like, what do you do all day? Like get your ass on the phones. There's nothing else to do. Like go do the work. And if you can't do that, then you're not going to be excellent. And that's okay. But don't have an expectation of having a great life if you're not willing to put in the work to require what that is. And most
0: people would think, you know, like you mentioned, you're just born with it. But again, I would say, no, it's a choice. Like it's that daily choice that I chose to woke up, I chose to wake up today and put in the work and do what was required.
1: Yeah. I mean, life is just, yeah, you know, it's our lives are defined in those moments of decision, right? Like we decide. All right. What do you want this to look like? What do you want your life to mean? What do you want? Do you have purpose? And I look like a lot of people are in shitty situations. They're just trying to figure out where the next piece of bread's coming from to put on the table. I get that. So ultimately, though, assess your situation and go, Okay, how can I be 10 percent better tomorrow? How can I be a little bit better than I was today? How can I make my situation a little better tomorrow? And by the way, the question I ask everybody that I coach is if everything went perfect, if the world just the universe conspires in your favor, everything goes your way. What does your life look like? What does your dream life look like five years from now? Because if you can't answer that basic question, then you're not going to know what you're even trying to do and nothing's going to happen. But if you can get clarity on that and be like, you know what, this is what I want my life to look like, this is realistically what I think I would love for my life to be, then you build that vision out in your mind. And every day you wake up and you work towards that. And let's say you fall short, let's say your life doesn't look like that in five years. Well, I can promise you this, it's going to look a lot closer to that than it would have had you not built a vision for it in the first place, you'll probably surprise yourself because most people can end up about anywhere they want if they're willing to give themselves five years to get there. But the younger generation, bro, your generation, you just everybody wants everything right away. And the reality is, honestly, it just takes a lot of hard work. Like I can't have six pack abs right now because I'm still not willing to not have cereal for breakfast. I still have freaking more fat on my body right now because damn it, I love Skittles, you know, and the day might come Where I'm more motivated to look like a shredded warrior than it is to have, you know, I'm like, I'm a B plus right now. And because of the other areas of my life where I'm at, I'm fine with that. But if I want to be an A plus, well, that last 10% is really a bitch to get rid of on body fat, you know? So maybe you have to hang around 14% for a while. But my point is, is like, if you want excellent, like, again, it's not for everybody. Like there's so many guys, they want to be dating a 10. They're like a six. I'm like, dude, you know, get real with yourself. Why would that chick ever, why? I mean, it would be, you wouldn't respect her if she dated you because you know that no 10 would ever date somebody that is you. Like it's just, you would immediately, she would lose being what you want her to be because she's settled for someone like you. The very act of dating you causes her to lose value.
0: <laughs> it's almost like an investment that just went way down. The stock plummeted as soon as she started dating mm-hmm.
1: you yeah, it's like, you wouldn't trust her. You're like, why is this bitch going for me? I don't, I don't deserve this.
0: Oh man. Okay. Jimmy, I know we got to start wrapping up. So I got to ask a question that I've been wanting to, uh, as we start to wrap up, what do you have on your bucket list still? You said you've been to 91 countries. You've made a lot of money in real estate. You've got a great circle. I want to know what's on your bucket list.
1: Yeah, man. I got a out the bucket list. So, I mean, you know, and my life's changed a lot over the last couple of years. I've, uh, you know, up until last April, I never even knew if I wanted to have kids for the first time in my life. I do want to have kids. I know that now. So that's kind of fun. So a lot of what I'm doing now is gearing towards having a family and having kids and doing some of those things, but I have a list, I have a bucket list. And then I have what I call as a, a fuckit list. And it's just kind of some crazy things that I want to do. Um, so I'll tell you a few things that are on that, but go to the moon. Um, I want to play in the world series of poker at the final table. Uh, I want to own the Honus Wagner T206 baseball card. I want to be a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast. I want to throw out the first pitch at every major league baseball stadium. I want to hit a seven figure jackpot gambling. I want Garth Brooks to perform at my wedding and I want to golf at Augusta. There's a couple of things that are on my crazy list, but uh, why not, dude? I guarantee you I'll at least, I mean, no, I'll do maybe not Garth Brooks at my wedding. We'll see how soon I get a lot of that shit's going down. I'll just tell you that, bro.
0: That's incredible. Garth might be a little busy if the wedding's coming up soon. Might have to book him out further in advance. We'll we'll see. That's incredible, though. That list is super inspiring. And so, whenever you don't feel like working, is that what you think about is that list or is there something else?
1: No, I don't have to do that, dude. I get daily, you know, coaching these men and helping them with their lives. I mean, it's those messages that I get that inspire me. It doesn't take much for me to get motivated because every single day, I'm helping bless other people's lives. And so that's all it's about for me, right? Like I don't have to have some crazy goal to motivate me. I can look at my text messages or I had a buddy, you know, call me today that wanted to go to lunch. And a couple of years ago, he was suicidal and we almost lost him. And today, you know, I, he asked me to go to lunch because he's trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life. And I was able to invite him to be a part of my coaching group to um, as one of the people that works. You know, the events and he was so touched and he just getting all emotional. He's a big Polynesian dude and he's just all emotional all the time. I love him to death. But watching that, watching that, that's all you need, dude. Or helping these one of my buddies, you know, that's in the group, he told me the other day, said he took his little son to get some ice cream. And his son turned to him, he's like seven years old. He said, Daddy, uh, you're just a lot nicer to me now. I really like it. Thank you. Like that kind of stuff, dude, like, oh my gosh, what the difference, you know, these guys are showing up. I I have my guys, I go on a walk every morning with one of them at 7am and my guy this morning, you know, his brother's in the group and he's like, dude, I can't just the changes in my brother, man, he's off porn. He's not whoring around. He's not fighting people in bars anymore. He's just a different man. He's like, I can't imagine where I would be without this group, where he would be, where my girlfriend fiance would be. And, And so it's not that difficult, man, when you start to do a lot of good, um, you know, it becomes really easy to keep yourself motivated. I, you know, we have this thing that I started called the hundred dollar dinner club. And every time we go to dinner, we leave a hundred bucks tip. Sometimes we'll get 20 or 30 of us together and we'll all bring a thousand bucks or a hundred bucks. And we leave the whole thing as a tip. And, you know, it's that simple. Sometimes I went to dinner the other night and left the tip and the girl just looked at me and she got pretty emotional. It was actually at an airport. It was the airport in in, uh, Prague. And uh, she's like my entire day, I, I, whatever it was, it was like, she had gotten like $3 as a tip the whole day. And she's like, and here you'd left this. She's just like super emotional. And, you know, people are like, well, how, what motivates you to do that kind of stuff? I'm like, try it. Like, it's really fun to live like that. It's really fun to watch the waitress cry in front of you because you just left her a hundred dollars and that hundred dollars didn't mean two shits to your bank account, you know? And so that's why it's easy for me to get motivated. That's what I do to motivate myself. It's not this, crazy. I don't need to worry about owning some stupid ass baseball card. Like that's just for fun. If I go to the moon I and mean, I'm going to the moon, but like <laughs> I'll go to the moon and the next day I'll want to do something else. It's not going to be like this, like, Oh my gosh, I hit the moon. Now my life's over. Like, it's just another thing, dude. I want to do it all. I want to experience it all. And, and so that's why I live the way I do.
0: I love that, Jimmy. It's pretty cool. So two more to wrap up. The second one is uh, where do people find you online if they want to connect and learn more about you.
1: Yeah, I do everything through my Instagram, man. All the events I throw, the podcasts I share, the events that I'm uh, speaking at, uh, my book, all that kind of stuff. I post everything on my Instagram. So go to Mr. Jimmy Rex and give me a follow, and uh, feel free to reach out. I actually answer every single DM that's not like some stupid ass thing. Um, but if you have like, a real question or whatever, eventually I'll get back to you. Um, but yeah, man, reach out if somebody's listening to this and I can help in any way. Like, feel free to reach out, and you know, uh, yeah.
0: Awesome. And the last question is.
1: Looking back, what advice would you offer to your 20-year-old self? <laughs> I wouldn't want to screw up how it's turned out, so I wouldn't tell him much, man. I would just tell him <laughs> to just enjoy it. Enjoy all of it, man. It's, you know, you're you're enough. You're lovable. But I wouldn't even tell him that because he wouldn't have been as driven in his 20s. So I wouldn't change anything, man. It's I, I think that, you know, life is a beautiful mess. I think where we get screwed up is thinking it needs to be different. Um, you know, when we have this, all pain in life is caused from expectations. And so, you know, like when we have these weird expectations of what our parents or our community or our church or whatever needs us to be, or wants us to be, or needs us to show up as, and ultimately there's no one right way to do life. So just find a way that you enjoy and be true to yourself, be honest with yourself. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's your life, do it your way.